Here we are already up to episode 10 in season 5 already. What a nutty day this has been for me. Crazy and insane and stupid because my garage door has stopped working. So I've got to manually raise the thing up and down and it's slowly coming off of the track and we have new garage doors already ordered and waiting for us at Home Depot and they gave us the name of a contractor who won't get be able to be freed up to put them in until at the end of next month. It's really stupid, but you know what? I'm going to forget about my stupidity and tell you about somebody else's stupidity. He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder he's got a mind left. It's insane Eric Lane's stupid world. A voice of sanity in our insane world, or a voice of stupidity in our intellectual world, here's the host of this stupid world, Eric Lane. I'm insane Eric Lane, and welcome to my stupid world where all the stories you're going to hear are true, and I've not changed a single name because we've all done something stupid. So if you've seen something stupid, please say something stupid, okay? And of course, you know the you know the drill. Rate and review the podcast. Of course, also share it and subscribe to it. Download it. Whatever that we can do to get folks to find out about this stupid podcast. I mean, there's uh, so much stupidity around here, and there's uh, plenty of stupid people out there that would want to hear it. You can help, okay? So, uh, and don't forget, of course, uh, there is more than just one episode every week. If, if you subscribe, you already know that. Because besides this weekend episode, we got our midweek episode there as well. So, uh, and um, um, you can get the whole scoop at my website, insaneericlane.com. That's uh, insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E.com, all right? Uh, excuse me, though, I've just been snacking. Uh, I've had this hankering for potato chips, you know? So, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you have that, that desire and you, you you just nothing will satisfy it so you just have to go to the pantry and raid something you know and uh, like I'm hunting around like a dog you know well our favorite dog uh, dog man I guess I should say uh, <clears throat> would be the human collie remember the Japanese guy over there that really feels like he wants to to be a collie and uh, in fact, uh, just what weeks after he took his very first public walk in the park on all fours, this uh, Japanese dog man or man dog, I'm not sure which is which, uh, he's now known as the human collie, uh, thanks to his extreme commitment to cosplay. <clears throat> and uh, he actually granted an exclusive interview to the Post, the very good boy who answers to Taco or Toko. He achieved internet notoriety after he spent a whopping $14,000 on a custom-made collie costume that he wears around in public to help him realize his dream of becoming an animal and uh, <clears throat> post the results on YouTube. The uh, human-cum-canine has now chosen to reveal the secrets behind his rather unconventional life. Uh, the 
doggleganger dishes out saying, the reason I chose a collie dog breed specifically is primarily because I like raising them. He claims he has owned multiple pups in the past and adds, secondly, because if it wasn't a naturally large-sized breed, I, I, it wouldn't look unnaturally disproportionate when worn by someone as a costume. Taco added that the collie's long fur helps to camouflage the human form discreetly. And after achieving his doggy dream, Toko now has another wish. He wants to be a movie star. Yeah, I guess uh, we can all get ready for a different type of lassie. <clears throat> he says, I think it would be great if I were able to use my skills and get the opportunity to appear as a dog in a movie. He yelped. The Japanese native also revealed that he long dreamed of living as an animal, but could never muster up the courage prior to ordering his current collie costume. He said about two and a half years ago, I actually spoke to several companies about wanting to make a realistic dog costume like this. But once he found someone that was willing, <clears throat> or maybe stupid enough to take on the project, the furry fashion garment took about six months to build and construct. And it was finally completed in the spring about a year ago. And after wearing the uh, costume in private for about 12 months, Taco made his doggy debut. <clears throat> and the video of his first walk around the park went viral across multiple platforms. Now, since that time, he's grown a lot more comfortable being out and about um, while clad in his uh, doggy costume. And he's been filmed now playing fetch and even <laughs> pretending to eat dog food. How do you pretend to eat dog food? I don't know. Taco has gone so far as to create his own YouTube channel. And here's the troubling part about that. He's already got over 50,000 subscribers. It's kind of like, you know, you want to go and see this really bad wreck. It looks terrible, but you just can't stop watching. And while Taco has revealed his puppy proclivities to his family, his next step is to find others to mix with, you know, <clears throat> doggy style. He said, I think it would be great if something like this existed. Uh, speaking of meetups for those who also like to dress up in dog costumes, he says, I would like to meet them. Well, uh, Taco, you might be in luck because I understand there's a whole host of doggies that are going to get together over in Germany for a real tail wagging event. And, um, well, we'll probably be covering that in a future podcast episode. Yes. Just please. I mean, it's bad enough you're putting on a doggy costume. I don't want to see you now putting on a pair of jorts over your doggy costume. You know what jorts are? Yeah. J jorts are, uh, is something that, you know, dads like to wear. I think I have a pair somewhere. And this is big news in dad fashion because now jorts are officially cool again. Of course, where they ever cool. But anyway, Gen Z now is obsessed with it. And I'm not just talking about the cutoffs. <clears throat> they even like the long baggy jean shorts, you know, that your dad buys on sale at Walmart. The short tight cutoffs and the Daisy Dukes, well, they've never really went out of fashion. But now the 90s style longer ones that go past your knees are now suddenly trendy, especially for women. A TikTok is full of videos on how to incorporate them into outfits. Even the cargo pant jorts are acceptable again. It's not really clear if middle-aged dads can pull off the look or if you have to be young to make it look cool. But did dads ever really care about that? I know I don't. It, look, if you're a middle-aged dad with a collection of jorts in your dresser, well, first of all, congrats on being ahead of the curve. Just don't be surprised 
if your kids steal them from you, along with that <clears throat> braided belt from L.L. Bean. Yeah. But look, if your kids snap off all the jorts from the shelves, what's left for dads and uncles to tell, you know, the rest of us? Yep, I'm middle-aged. <sighs> well, it turns out there's plenty. Like anything from the new list I have on the top things that say, I'm a middle-aged man, as much as jorts, such as a copper-fit knee brace, an American flag pen, a subscription to Golf Digest, enlarged iPhone fonts, or bobbing their heads to overhear, overhear the overhead music that they play at CVS. Oh, yeah, I remember that song. Oh, cool. Another thing that might say I'm a middle-aged man as much as George would be hilarious bumper stickers on their car that says I'd rather be fishing or a nightstand with reading glasses and a John Grisham book. Anything from Tommy Bahama, definitely, or groaning as they get out of the car. Or a shirt purchased just for its pocket. Booking a cruise. Or finally, one of the top things that say I'm a middle-aged man as much as George, uh, calling it the TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, apparently, uh, maybe you might want to pick out your own jorts and not trust it to artificial intelligence because smart casual doesn't usually involve any actual brains, you see. Now, though, it can be handled by artificial intelligence. The zillionth poll on AI has been asking people which tasks in their lives that they would welcome AI's help with. And 30% of the people would let artificial intelligence choose what they would wear. Even more people would be cool with AI auto-ordering things when they run low, you know, like household items, groceries, and such. I mean, more people would also let AI handle making reservations for them. Now, less people would want AI to, you know, take their order at a restaurant or emailing or texting people back or handling their finances and taxes. Of course, I'm surprised that this isn't higher, at least on a personal level. But only 15% want AI to drive them around. Less than that want AI to be in charge of monitoring their home or children. And 8% of the people want AI to choose what they watch on TV. Apparently, they enjoy spending all their nights scrolling through the streaming libraries, which are probably arranged using some algorithm anyway. Yep, pretty soon, we're going to be seeing that scene from 2001, A Space Odyssey, where the HAL 9000 is saying to Dave, Dave, what are you doing, Dave? Yeah, you got to watch the movie. Sorry. Yeah, I can see this eventually going horribly awry, but not near as bad as when someone is airing their dirty laundry. There's a very publicly failed public proposal that has left bystanders in Elgin, Scotland, completely baffled. According to the footage obtained by Jam Press, a smitten Scot hangs this white bedsheet out on a roundabout's fence. You know, these roundabouts that the cars go around when they come to the intersection? Well, they got fences around these things. And so there's this big bed sheet hung on one of the roundabout fences, and it's got handwritten text emblazoned across it that says, Will you marry me, Rachel? Yeah, well, it appears the person was promptly rejected because now there's a second bed sheet subsequently appearing at the same location with a <clears throat> response, a presumably put up on the fence by the now infamous Rachel, the sheet features the answer that reads, no, 
You slept with my brother. <laughs> well, flabbergasted locals online reacted to this unbelievable public display of affection and rejection. Uh, one quipped, wondering if her brother will give his blessing. I mean, who said romance was dead? Said another comment. Meanwhile, the fence soon featured a third bedsheet, a seemingly effective placement to catch onlookers' attention that reads, Happy 40th, Sandy! <laughs> this is the latest botched proposal in a cringeworthy series of men popping the question in rather odd ways, like the man that dropped to one knee at McDonald's, much to the dismay of his partner and was then brutally rejected in front of the gawking crowd. My favorite was the ill-fated ring pop proposal at a sporting event that ended in embarrassment when the man was slapped across the face by a woman who appears to be his girlfriend. Yeah, apparently guys aren't giving this a whole lot of thought. Neither are some of these um, folks at Amazon when they are trying to offload some excess merchandise where a Canadian woman says Amazon dropped a not-so-nice package to her. When she opened it up, she found 1,000 condoms. Yep, there they were, sitting on her doorstep, and they charged her nearly $700 for the box of birth control. 30 boxes of condoms. that had 34 in each package, and she has no clue why they were sent to her. Now, to make matters worse, she was initially unable to get her money back after Amazon claimed condoms are ineligible for return, seeing as they are <clears throat> personal items. Well, her name is Joelle Angelhart. Here she is explaining about just what the heck is going on. We really can't understand what exactly took place um, and, and why we received the package at our house. We clearly did not order this package. It's a lot of money, but I would perhaps try to advertise that I have selling condoms at a discounted price. Joelle spent like four months trying to coax a refund from the online giant. Only recently, though, she got her money back along with an apology. Now, experts kind of likens this delivery to the increasingly common brushing scam where packages are shipped to unwitting customers in hopes that the recipient will leave a good review. Hmm. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I know what kind of review I would leave, that's for sure. Well, there's plenty of reviews given um, for these uh, annual awards, and I love finding out the new recipients. I mean, let's just say these awards will be will blind you with stupid science. These uh, <coughs> scientists were given these top honors for counting nose hair and studying anchovies' sexual activity. We're talking about this year's Ig, Ig Nobel Prizes. Ig Nobel Prizes. It's a parody of the Nobel Prize. The lighthearted but brainy annual ceremony was first held in 1991. It recognizes the 10 most unusual or maybe I should say trivial or stupid achievements in the scientific research around the world. Now, Jan Zaliswicz, uh, a paleontologist from Poland, took home the top prize for explaining why so many scientists lick rocks. Licking the rock, of course, is part of the geologist and paleontologist armory of tried and true, much tested techniques that was used to help to survive in the field. Now, Zaliswiz, uh, I guess, Zaliswiz, 
uh, writes this in the Paleontological Association's newsletter, saying, wetting the surface allows fossil and mineral textures to stand out sharply rather than being lost in the blur of intersecting micro-reflections and micro-refractions that come out of a dry surface. Okay, scientists are out there licking rocks. A group of scientists hailing from India, China, Malaysia, and the U.S. all landed a prize for studying how to reproduce or how to repurpose dead spiders. <laughs> yeah, their team uh, managed to successfully transform a dead wolf spider into a gripping tool. Yeah, remember that story on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the usual useful properties of bi- biotic uh, materials uh, refined by nature over time eliminate the need to artificially engineer these materials, exemplified by our early ancestors wearing animal hides as clothing and constructing tools from bones, which is what they explained to the Advanced Science, a uh, scientific journal. Now, the Ig Nobel Awards, or the Ig Nobel Awards, now have been around for 33 years. They're, they used to be held at Harvard, but since the pandemic, they, uh, they've been now pre-recorded and streamed online. It's uh, produced by the magazine Annals of Improbable Research and sponsored by the Harvard Radcliffe Science Fiction Association and the Harvard Radcliffe Society of Physics Students. So, yes, uh, get out there and take a look at some of the wild stupidity of science with the latest Ig Nobel Awards that's currently out there. Well, this was definitely noble for a completely different reason. A group of friends decided to take it upon themselves to manage a Nashville hotel for a few hours because there were no employees on the premises when it came to checking them into their room. They had a late night of partying, and this trio was not able to check into the room at the La Quinta Inn and Suites because there was no employees in sight. So after they checked to make sure that nobody had fallen asleep behind the desk or there was no one in the back offices, the friends decided to just start answering phones and greeting customers, even set up the breakfast buffet. Here's the crew talking about just some of the jobs that they took on to keep the hotel running. She went back there, tried to see what she could do. And then around that time, customers started calling more, like the phones were ringing off the hook, so in the rain here. Like a chap was answering them. And we're like, oh, we're so sorry, you know, this what? is happening to everyone. And then the blue collar boys started coming down for breakfast and it was, breakfast is supposed to be served at six and it was 6.13 and there was nothing. And so I found the keys and opened the, the kitchen and we got the breakfast served. We're, we're both serve safe certified. Then everyone kind of got on the same page and we just held it down. Now the trio did manage to find one employee who was a maid who had no clue what was going on, but said that She'd not seen anyone in a couple of hours. They also reached out to the general manager, who was on a business trip in California, totally unaware that there were no employees on the floor. The saga was first documented on TikTok in a video that's about 40 seconds long. The caption says, when you arrive to the hotel and there's no staff, so you have a new job. We've been working for two hours. Well, they managed to hold the fort down until a La Quinta Inn employee finally showed up. But by then, the trio had managed to get everybody settled. The friends then asked if they could check into the room. But the employee told them, well, they'd have to be charged a $25 resort fee. A short time later, a general manager from another Wyndham Hotel and Resorts made an appearance. They caught up and uh, told him about the whole drama that all happened that night. And, well, they were met with utter disbelief and gratitude for at least helping to 
hold the hotel down. The manager reportedly said, look, we'll, we'll get them checked in. We're not charging you anything. <clears throat> so the crew heads up to the sixth floor to maybe decompress from their busy nights behind the counter. And uh, they went to one of the rooms that was available, probably one of the only rooms that was still available, thinking everything was fine. So they open the door and walk in, and what do they see? A naked woman inside. <laughs> the lady tells them she's going to be staying at the hotel for the next two weeks. No, the friends let her know that they weren't trying to steal her room and that they had received the keys from management. So they go back down to the lobby for the last time to let the manager know what happened. They ended up going to a nearby Holiday Inn and told the manager there about what they saw when they inquired about staying at their hotel. The friends ended up with three suites and free breakfast after the manager there made a call back to his hotel, gushing over how amazing they had been. He uh, took their contact information and said he'd be in touch. In fact, one of the friends joked, I don't know what that means, but maybe we're getting a Holiday Inn. Of course, if they do get a Holiday Inn, the friends have asked their viewers to come stay with them. Uh, La Quinta Inns and Suites, a Wyndham Hotels and Resorts property, has yet to make a public comment about the incident. Yes, probably hiding their face in embarrassment. <clears throat> uh, well, here's a woman that was hiding her face and everything else in the back seat of her ex-boyfriend's car so she could ambush him. The 23-year-old Pennsylvania woman has now been accused of um, trying to murder him before he left for work with a knife. Yeah, going to stab him to death. The state police uh, report that Paige Nicole Lander was arrested and charged with attempted murder of an ex-boyfriend. The criminal complaint notes that the investigation is ongoing and only outlines sufficient probable cause to take her into custody. According to the complaint, police were alerted that Lander was unreachable and might be suicidal. At around 6 in the morning, while searching for Landers, troopers were called to a home where they found a man who was stabbed multiple times. Well, he was taken to the Dubois Regional Medical Center. The victim later told police he and Lander had dated a few months, and then they broke up. And he alleged that she would message him to the point that he ended up having to block her. Well, according to his account, he was heading to work and was about to back out of the driveway, and he noticed Lander's vehicle was blocking the way. Well, then Lander pops up from the back seat and attacks him with a knife. Well, trying to bargain with her, he says uh, he tell, tells police that she wanted him dead. The complaint shows that he said that he was able to get out of the car and was worried that Lander would finish the job. But instead, she ran to her vehicle and drove off. Troopers noted that the man did have cuts to his face, neck, and hand, and Police also said they found a black-handled black folding knife in the man's car along with blood and glass uh, cleaning wipes uh, that were also covered in, in blood. According to the affidavit of probable cause, the state police also found Lander at her home, and she was then taken into custody. And suspected blood was also said to be found on the pants she was wearing. Now she's facing charges of attempted murder in the first degree, attempted aggravated assault to cause serious bodily injury, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, terroristic threats, recklessly endangering another person, and simple assault, and she got stuck in the Jefferson County prison. <laughs> wow. Tell you, this definitely was uh, one woman to stay away from. I'm pretty sure she's going to be an old maid the rest of her life, probably in prison. Well, from a ex-girlfriend trying to murder her ex, we now have a marching band director getting tased because he wouldn't stop the music. I mean, it's good to be passionate about your work. Maybe not this passionate. 
the director of this high school marching band got himself arrested in Alabama because he would not stop making his band play the music. His name is Johnny Mims. He's been the band director at a high school near Birmingham, Alabama since 2018. Well, his school's football team won a game 27-zip. And according to the reports, the bands for both schools continued to play long after the game was over. Police asked the directors for both bands to stop so everybody could go home. The other school's band said, okay, fine. Johnny, though, said he's not telling his kids to stop. Just keep on playing. Well, eventually the police decided to arrest him, and he resisted. They say he refused to put his hands behind his back, that he shoved a cop, so they had to tase him. Now, we don't have any video, so I have uh, kind of reconstructed how this whole little incident might have sounded. Stop all that racket now. I order you to stop the band. Okay, now quit playing. That's enough of that now. Okay, away you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now he's facing charges for disorderly conduct, harassment, and resisting arrest. The school superintendent put out a statement but said they're not commenting until they finish gathering all the facts. Well, apparently some Americans need to get all of the facts. Because there's a new survey that's out that says most Americans are incredibly uninformed when it comes to their own constitutional rights. And even worse, the 2023 Annenberg Constitution Day Civic Survey found that a significant number of Americans can't even name the three branches of the government. And more specifically, while two-thirds of Americans can name the three branches, 10% can only list two, another 7% can only name one, 17% can't name one single branch of U.S. government. Meanwhile, when respondents were asked to name all the rights guaranteed to them by the First Amendment to the Constitution, most Americans could name one. And what do you think it is? Freedom of speech, of course. Another 40% of Americans were able to name freedom of religion, and a third could name the right to assembly. 28% remembered the freedom of the press and just 9% recalled the right to petition the government. Now, in total, only 5% of U.S. adults could correctly cite all five First Amendment rights. 30% named three or four and just under half named maybe one or two First Amendment rights. And 20% of Americans could not name one single right in the First Amendment or in the the Bill of Rights. Now, interestingly, over one in five Americans responded to that question by listing the right to bear arms. It's a right guaranteed under the Second Amendment, not the first. Pretty sad that a significant number of Americans can't even name the three branches of government. I mean, they say it's a trick question because everybody knows that branches grow on trees, right? I mean, the judicial branch includes the Supreme Court, but I think most Americans only care about Supreme when it's uh, referring to their extra-large pizza. I think we're nearing the end of American civilization. We could also be nearing the end of breakfast cereals, too. Sales trends in breakfast foods are now suggesting that Tony the Tiger and Toucan Sam may be in the unemployment line. The Wall Street Journal reporting that the top players in the cereal industry, Kellogg, Post, Holdings, and General Mills, have seen declining sales in recent years and expect the trend to continue. Other than a significant sales bump in 2020, when more people ate breakfast at home during the pandemic, sales have been on a downward trajectory, falling 8.7% in 2021 and another 3.9% in 2022. I mean, pretty soon, this iconic breakfast item is going to soon die out. So, let's give breakfast cereal a fitting eulogy. 
friends, we gather today to bid a final goodbye to breakfast cereals. You were once considered a part of this complete breakfast, until we realized one tablespoon contained more sugar than a dozen chocolate cronuts. Sure, there were some healthy cereals like shredded wheat, but let's be honest, they all tasted like balsa wood. We also say goodbye to breakfast cereal mascots. Oh, Tony, Frosted Flakes were great, but they had more calories than gravy. Sorry, Trix Rabbit. The sad truth is, tricks were not for kids, or adults, or even rabbits. We now close with a 21-gun salute to our fallen hero, Captain Crunch. Sleep well, oh Captain, my Captain. We honor you, even though we all preferred eating the Crunch Berries. Now, one thing that's getting eaten a lot, not necessarily for breakfast, is donuts. And not necessarily by just humans. A mama bear and her cub were caught on camera recently helping themselves to some Krispy Kreme donuts during a delivery to a military base in Anchorage, Alaska. The animals raided a van at the joint base Elm Dorth Richardson after the driver left the door open when he stopped at the express store, according to KTUU. You could hear them breaking open packages, said the store manager Shelley Dino. Actually, here are the managers uh, from Krispy Kreme, uh, Dino, as well as another manager, Candace Sargent, talking about this uh, bear raid. I said, uh, he's in the van. Um, and then the little cub followed and went inside the van, and then they just started eating the donuts. You could hear them, like, breaking open the packages. Um, we were trying to beat on the van, but uh, they just they just kept eating all the donuts. We'll definitely be learning to slide up our ramp, close the doors to ensure that bears don't get back in there again. Dino goes on to say that the bears ate 20 packages of the donut holes, and she said, I believe, six packages of the three-pack chocolate donuts. Come on, you know. It's the bare necessities. And a pair of women are also facing child abuse charges after they were tossing a baby in the air and allegedly flipping him upside down at a Florida bar while they were allegedly drunk. Witnesses reported the 19 and 20-year-old women were intoxicated and behaving aggressively toward the baby. Daytona Beach Police Department uh, arrested the women at about 12.30 in the morning after they'd received reports of the disturbance. A witness who recorded the incident confronted one of the women who allegedly responded with threats. The other one was on crutches, threatened bystanders as well. The women were reportedly treating the baby, quote, like a toy, allegedly tossing the child back and forth over four feet. Police said that the video they reviewed showed one woman aggressively swinging the baby and shaking him over hard concrete. The infant was eventually taken to the hospital for x-rays, which did reveal a potential broken arm. One woman faces charges of battery and child abuse. The other charged with child abuse, and it's unclear who the baby even belongs to. They're still investigating. <laughs> well, I don't know exactly what this 33-year-old lady was thinking, but I almost wish every delivery driver cared about my order this much. Whitney Muffet, she drives for DoorDash in Amarillo, Texas. She goes to pick up an order at Wingstop, but, well, it wasn't ready when she got there. Now, it's not really clear how long it had been, or it's not clear how long she was having to wait. But 
she got annoyed. And she got so annoyed, well, she apparently decided to go and grab the order herself and walked right back into the kitchen area. Well, they told her to leave, and that sparked a fight. Police said then she physically attacked the store's manager. She continued attacking him as he tried to escort her out of the building, and an off-duty police officer happened to see the whole thing go down. And she also got into it with him, apparently. Now she's facing charges for assault and resisting arrest, but no word on how long the DoorDash customer had to wait for their wings. And I'm pretty sure she didn't get a tip either. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast with a five-star rating because I pick five-star stupidity. If your review is stupid enough, I just may feature it on an upcoming episode. Rating and reviewing helps the podcast to show up prominently in searches uh, that you, you know folks are searching for stupidity anyway. And please, share the podcast on your social media so you're not stingy with your stupidity. And don't forget, click that subscribe button too so you don't miss any new stupid episodes. You can also avoid any annoying buffering whenever you're in crappy cell or Wi-Fi coverage by downloading each episode. And I recommend using the Podcast Addict app for optimum performance. It's free at your app store, but there are two types of paid versions as well. And by the way, I myself have already made one of the paid versions and still love it. This is just one of the two feeds that you get every week, of course. The midweek bonus episode features the Insane Week in Review, and the Genius Awards for the more stupendous stupidity is also included. The weekend episode always features Pancho Guero, my insane Florida nephew, where Pancho will also answer your questions with his sage wisdom. Ask Pancho about anything. Test your skills against Pancho with the Insane Game Show. And if you download the Telegram Messenger app, you can also join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel. Read the articles from each of the episodes' stupidity. Comment about what you've read share the articles with your friends. You can also post comments or suggestions about the podcast, too. So get a preview and a link to download Telegram Messenger at t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. The app is available free in desktop or mobile versions for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And don't forget, follow me using the handle at insane Eric Lane on Facebook or Twitter and visit my website, at InsaneEricLane.com. Got that guava ready to go? Yeah, I um, you know I made the mistake of buying way too much of it because uh, <laughs> I got a Costco, uh, you know, like well, I guess the jug of guava nectar, uh-huh. and uh, I was like, oh, this will be great. This will bottle so much kombucha. And the first thing my wife does when I bring it home is she checks uh, the, the bottle and is like, this says to drink within five days after opening <laughs> and, and and for, for, <laughs> for the amount of, of like sugar and this and the amount of just like the quantity of guava nectar, I don't understand how anybody could drink it within that time frame. 
um, you know, unless you're using it for like commercial use or something. Uh, so I, I basically bottled it with, with a, you know, a thing of, of passion fruit. I've got some guava passion fruit kombucha. Uh, it's actually carbonated this time. Oh. Uh, maybe not as bubbly as a soda, but I, I, I think I got it right um, this time. And uh, it made, I made some mango with cayenne uh, peppers. Well. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said you are going to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's good. I, I had to freeze. Like I just poured all the rest of the guava nectar into a Ziploc bag and froze it. <laughs> Uh, I figure it'll make for a good smoothie or something at some point, I guess. Oh, that's great. So that now doesn't have as much bubbly as like maybe beer or something like that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe like a beer. No, definitely not soda. Not not bubbly so, um, you know, yeah. soda-wise. Maybe like a beer uh, would be comparable. <clears throat> the first one I opened, because I've been having to test it out. Um, you know, I opened a bottle before I refrigerate and see, okay, it's good. Because my first batch did not carbonate. Right. And, um, and, and so I opened after five days and I'm like, ah, it's a little bit there, but I want a little bit more. Right. And, um, and so instead of letting it sit one more day and checking it, I'm like, I'll oh, just let it sit two more days. I open it up and it promptly just explodes out. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm like, all right, they're all going in the fridge now. Uh, <laughs> this one I, I just opened up and I, I was very, very gentle and yeah. slow to release the pressure in there and it did not explode <laughs> good it actually had a fizz coming out so uh you know i think i finally made it uh right. there and and uh and, and kudos to business poncho for being patient while you're experimenting with your <laughs> drinks she, she actually likes it i also, yeah. i poured a glass for her as well uh yeah. you know when, when I, I got ready for the podcast here uh, so that's great. Well, I got my uh, my my little glass of uh, my Scottish liqueur, uh, Gleva. So, and I'm gonna I'm gonna need it today. It's just I've been literally going from one thing to the next. And you know, you were talking about you know you you had your was your refrigerator crapped out, then your air conditioner crapped out. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. now now it's my turn. My uh, garage door has crapped out. <sighs> so. Yeah, the, the and and uh, what happens Will is it at least manually open and close. Well, for now, that's the problem. Uh, and see, the thing is, the guy that put it in what twenty years ago did a flim flam job, and so it's always had water leaking under the thing. And so now, what's happened is it's rusted the little metal cord, and it snapped. So now it doesn't. Uh, so I have been manually opening and closing it, but the problem can you is replace it on your own if it's if you know the part that's bad. Like, is it? As well, well, you know, the matter just like I think it wife, into a couple things, and that's what I was going to suggest. But the wife says this is the type that are twenty years old. We want to get some insulated garage doors that's going to seal the water up. So that we, we're waiting on the contractor to get here to 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 do it. In the meantime, though, I've been manually opening and closing. I have to open up my wife's garage door, walk out, then open up my garage door, pull the car out, go back in close the garage door down manually, then walk out and then do the little keypad and close my wife's garage door. So I've been doing this for like two weeks, but now me going up and down, up and down all the time with this thing, it, the, the whole thing is starting to come apart. Now at this point, I, and I have to like wrestle, oh, no. the, I gotta wrestle it up. And then today I'm ready to back in and I try to get it up and I start to leave and it starts drifting back down again. I'm like, Oh great. It's going to hit my car. If I try to back in here. Oh so, man. <laughs> I'm going to end up having to say, look, we're going to, have to keep the garage door permanently up and locked so I can get in and out. And that's not going to make grandma feel good because she's going to have every door in the house locked because she's going to think a burglar is going to get in. 
So it's it's I mean, just. I would say like you could just park in the driveway for a few weeks if you need, you know. Yeah, I could, I could do that too, you know. But uh, I mean, at this point, the garage door you could probably blow on it and then fall over, you know. At this point, so yeah. but we've got we've got these new garage doors now sitting at Home Depot, and we're waiting on the contractor now to come and put them in. And we're trying to do it where we can seal it up where there's not going to be any more water blown in from the rain. So that's another thing we've got to try to figure out how to do. The, the contractor wants to put it in like a little concrete hump, you know, so it'll that way the water gets there and it rolls back off down the driveway. So okay. and do, do like a rubber seal on top of it. So but of course, you know, he's in the middle of a job and he hasn't had can't get off of that to do that yet so in the meantime we're struggling to park our cars so but um, you know what can i say <laughs> it's just hey, home, know, at least home ownership is wonderful isn't it oh it is i hey look i love owning a home even though it, it has its um you know like I, it's challenges i guess i i pay less uh for a mortgage than i, I do uh, for, for like a 1800 square foot four bedroom two bath house than I did for a, a, a rent for like a one bedroom apartment. Yeah. And that's yeah. rent based on like five years ago prices, let alone, you know, today yeah. prices for rent. Uh, so it's, I mean, if you could do it right, you could get way cheaper, um, you know, housing for that. At least you can fit cars in your garage. Um, <laughs> yeah, garage. yeah, it was a, it was a carport that was then. Uh, part of the carport was enclosed. <laughs> all of it was actually enclosed into the house. But yeah. Part of it was enclosed into the house as like a laundry room with like yeah. a mud room back there. And then part of it was converted into a garage within the room on top of all of it above it. Yeah. And, uh, what that means is we don't have a full length garage and <laughs> yeah. our, none of our cars actually fit in it. So <laughs> it, it has to be used for like storage, you know, um, yeah. you know tr trash cans and, uh, Power Wheels cars. That's about the only car I could fit in there. I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. yard tools and stuff. So I, so it, it's good to have. But I mean, I, I can't even fit a car in mine. So yeah, I, uh, I hear you. I hear you. Well, uh, and then next week's going to be even crazier because we're 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 taking off. I'm actually going to have to get the podcast recorded early next week. You know, because we're leaving. Uh, the last part of next week to take our son down to a look at the Liberty University. He's interested in possibly transferring. So. We're going to go down and do that. Of course, that backs everything up that I'm doing. And so we're having to get all this stuff done. But on top of this, your mom and dad are coming to visit. And so we're going to go out and have dinner with them. So it's just like it's all squeezed together in the three and a half days. We're going to get all this stuff done. So it's, uh, it's going to be a fun week. I'm ready. I'll be ready for a vacation next week. Yeah, have fun with that. I, you know, and I've just got basically another couple months or more ahead of me this is wide open on on paternity leave so oh yeah that's right you've got some some time I'm, well I'm, I'm, I'm itching for for a full calendar of something yeah <laughs> yeah well uh, you know with us, yeah well with us you know going out of town my wife rarely likes to take her car she wants to put all those extra miles on a rental car so she's getting a rental car you know for us to go down to, to see the the university and she did that also. Uh, I think when, she prefers to put it on your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, shit, they, they couldn't fit in my car. That's the problem. We, we, we would be like a clown car going down there. But, um, but no, we, we did this one other time when we went to go visit some friends in Ohio. This is maybe a couple of months ago. And so, and this really, this is a true story. Honestly, a true story. I'm at work and I get a phone call from my wife. She says, I'm at the rental car company. And um, I want to talk to you about something. And I said, what's that? Apparently, 
she had reserved a car she wanted to take, you know, she you know, like one of these uh, hybrids or something like this. Well, she gets there and the guy there at, I guess it's at Avis or some other rental car company, but said that, well, they didn't have that. They gave her, he, he's all excited. He says, you're going to get to drive. We've upgraded you to a Tesla. And my, <laughs> my wife's like, I don't want a Tesla. Oh, but it's yeah, great. No, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all electric. You can do this and you can do that. I drive it to Harrisburg all the time. And when I get down to Harrisburg, I only have 10% left on my battery. And I can just charge it right back up, blah, blah, blah. And my wife goes, we're going to the other side of Sandusky, Ohio. I don't want to stop and spend 45 minutes at a charging station. I want to get there, you know, and oh, yeah, but, and, so he's trying to push her into this rental car. He, she says, you know what? I'm just going to call my husband. So she calls me up and tells me this. I'm going, you know, what? You know, I'm like, no, I'm not. I, look, I said, I, I checked the battery on my phone. I don't want to check the battery on my freaking car, you know? Yeah, yeah. So she ends up rejecting the whole thing, going to another car rental place there at the airport. We finally get a car that we wanted. And I'm thinking, I don't want Which to. Which is like any gas-powered car, in other words. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah. but apparently, that's all they had left. at, at the and, and they're converting all these rental car companies to electric cars. And it's like, oh, I don't want an electric car, you know? It's yeah, insane. I know. I, I'm with you on this. I, I like my gas. Uh, I like my gas-powered car. It's reliable. I can fix it when it breaks. Right, um, right. Yeah, like, I, I can expect... Well, how long it's going to take me to get like, I don't want to park for 45 minutes. And, and <laughs> at a certain point, like, you know, I'm used to batteries. I don't know if this is how it works in these cars, but, but like, I'm used to batteries being like, Oh yeah, it'll have good battery charge. And it, it's good for like a year. And then all uh -huh. of a sudden you're like, huh, it's only getting about a quarter of what it used to, you know, three quarters of what it used to <laughs> yeah, get. And right. Then, like, by the right. end of the second year, you're like, Oh man, this thing gets 30 minutes before I got to plug it in. Um, right. And I don't want that to happen to a car. You know, that's why yep, I've got a yep. gas powered weed eater and a gas powered lawnmower as well. Yeah, exactly. I place more batteries to do all the work in my yard on a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like we're, we're faced with this. And so I told my wife, when you go to get the rental car, when we go to, to Liberty, make sure that you stress that you do not want an electric car under any circumstances. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So hopefully we'll make it down there, okay? Yeah. Well, um, you know, that, I mean, that, that, it's funny that you mentioned the electric cars because that transitions perfectly into the first story I've got. Um, well, welcome to the podcast, uh, everybody. This is the the Pontiaguero Hour. Uh, I'm the insane Florida uh, correspondent, I guess, for Eric Lane here, and uh, yeah, we we pick out stories throughout the week. Uh, Eric picks out a bunch of stories, and then I, I kind of. Um, Whittle them down. Like, uh, I whittle it down to what I think the gems are for uh, <laughs> Eric and I to kind of spitball these back and forth. And then we, I don't know, um, try to compete to see who could be funnier or just make the other <laughs> one look bad or something. It changes every week. Yeah. <laughs> Eric tries to steal my transitions for me because he's a professional. <laughs> and um, you're, you are a, uh, you're in training. I'm, I'm training you to do, to try to be better than me. Oh, man. Uh, every once in a while I get there, but usually I think you get me beat. Um, I, I only care about getting the, the most outrageous transition of the week, usually. <laughs> if I could get if I could get like a punchy, like, you know, uh, joke in there uh, instead, then... Um, oh, you do I'm a good job at that. that. Yeah, you do it's a good job at that. Um, yeah, well, no, I, I kind of get you. We were trying to fly up uh, at one point to Pennsylvania, and then we finally decided to just drive because the, the car prices are just outrageous. And, yeah. uh 
and then half of the car rental stuff there, like, you know, you got gas or electric, like you were saying, and, uh, like, there's a reason that most of them only have electric vehicles, like, like available, because yeah. everyone, everyone rents out the gas-powered stuff, because they don't want to wait for an hour to charge every, <laughs> you right. know, every 200-whatever miles you get, um, so, but, but like, I didn't, I didn't know that this was possible as well, though. So I can only imagine this, this problem is going to get worse when you go get your car rentals, I guess. There's a, an electric car rental broke down, uh, trapping an Illinois mom and daughter inside. <laughs> so, um, like, I mean, they're like, they're trapped inside the car when it breaks <laughs> down, I guess. So, so I guess like they, nothing's manual, I guess. I don't, I guess the door handles aren't even like manual, I, I suppose. Um, Becky uh, Liebau and her six-year-old daughter found themselves trapped on the side of a road when their electric car rental uh, car died. And they were trapped inside the vehicle, too. The, the, problem, uh, the, the, the problem is that the doors were locked, they said. No help came. <laughs> the, the problem here started when a Hertz rental agent told her they overbooked all they had left was an electric vehicle. So it's like <sighs> the same situation you're talking about with your wife. Uh, she had reserved a gas-powered sedan. This happened at closing time. Of Becky course. was stranded, desperate, and took a, a Tesla. She had never driven an electric vehicle, and the car was not ready for driving. The tires <laughs> needed air, and the battery was less than halfway charged. The pair were mostly uh, driving mostly in rural areas and could not find any Tesla charging stations. They found other types of charging stations, um, but those required like a special adapter. Oh, never I guess Tesla's like the Apple of cars or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. uh, Hertz never provided one. As they continued to search for a Tesla station, the car went completely dead. They were locked inside the vehicle and called the Hertz roadside assistance number for help, but they didn't get any. The next, um, the, the next trouble uh, was that their cell phones were all about to go dead. Um, they ended up using the battery power from a laptop in their luggage to tar- charge one cell phone and call their own tow truck driver. Meanwhile, they were still stuck in the car. Uh, finally, the tow truck they called showed up. The driver told Becky about a button she needed to press to get out of the car. She ended up having to crawl out the trunk. When he, when he told her about the release button in the back, the tow truck driver drove the mother and daughter to a nearby hotel. There were no ride shares or taxis operating in the area. So the next morning, Becky paid the hotel maintenance man to drive them across the state. Oh as bad as all this was, the Hertz... And other unexpected bills totaling about $1,000 made it even worse. Oh, gosh. She oh. says the company took her to collections, oh. then tried to ban her from renting a car. Oh, my God. CBS uh, 2 investigators got involved, and Hertz then quickly changed its position, refunding all the money Becky lost. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I tell that to my wife, and that will definitely fix her. She will never get an electric car. Never. Oh, I know. I, um, I mean, I've heard stories of, like, electric cars catching fire from, like, yeah. kind of relatively, like, simple things on the side of the road. And then, like, it requiring, like, six times the amount of water yeah. to put out than what a normal gas-powered car would be. And, I mean, there's, like, nothing left of the car when it was well, all done. I heard that if they do catch fire, the, the emergency crews, they, they can't do anything. They just have to sit there and let it burn. 
Right. Uh, and then like, you know, I guess, and then like, I, I haven't done like full research, so I'm, I'm just going to, you know, throw that out. But like, doesn't this require like uh, the mining of rare earth and uh, minerals? It does. Batteries. Yes, it and does. So, like, at what point is this actually worse for people in the environment? If you've got well, like kids in other countries working a very dangerous mining job to just get a little bit of lithium or something. It, well, it gets even it gets even better. There, you know, everyone's talking about climate change and how we have to clean the air. You realize the main the main uh, violator of this is China. They're building more coal fired plants now than anybody, and they're that. Guess where we get all of our mining core for the batteries? They're doing it in oh, yeah. China. In China, so no doubt, right. They're mining in China and they're polluting in China, and yet we're the ones getting the guilt trip saying that we have to protect the environment. I'm like, wait a minute, we're protecting the environment while China is over there polluting the environment? I don't get it. And, and I mean, if you're in the rural areas there, if you're plugging in your Tesla to charge, it's probably being charged by coal. Uh, yeah. You know, when you jump down to where the power plant's getting it all from or something, I don't know. Yeah. It, it all seems a little silly to me. I think it's like a, a some kind of craze or something. Well, um, here's the thing. This, bad, this I, don't, I don't know. Well, being in uh, like more economic minded than I know you are, I heard an interesting story. They said that if the market all left on its own were to eventually move to electric vehicles, the auto industry would probably move right along with it. But the problem oh, is yeah, sure. it, it's sure. all government mandated stuff. And this is why we have the UAW strike going on and all this other kind of stuff going on. It's because the government is getting in and they're dictating what the private market ought to be doing. Like economics, like I think like it's, it's, they're creating an inefficiency basically by, yeah. um, by not letting equilibrium kind of like dictate everything that invisible hand, like you, like you said, Absolutely, car companies would get in. Uh, what I kind of figure is like it's uh, like he, he, mankind has this like uncanny ability to, when faced with a problem, find some kind of solution that was never thought of before. Like oil used to be the waste product that was thrown away. It was basically considered trash until someone figured out, oh my gosh, this could be used for something else. And so, what other waste products do we have that we throw away? Like a byproduct of, of a normal function that we have. Well, we exactly. find out it has a new, you know, like it might be the new liquid gold, basically. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 so and we, we have a way of, of, I think, doing this. I have no doubt that things will move on to, to something. But you can't, like, you can't really force that stuff. I'm all for pioneering some of that stuff. But when you mandate those things, you create inefficiencies. And, and that's why we pay so much for energy and stuff right now. Absolutely. And not only that, I mean, now they're wanting the, the latest is they want electric powered school buses and electric powered diesel or electric powered trucks to do all of our shipping across the country. You, you want to see a supply chain interruption. Wait till all the uh, electric powered trucks start running out of juice. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I mean, I, well, I'm, like, can the power grid even support something yeah, like that? Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, I think like just wait until the first school bus locks all the children in for hours, though. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> you got 35 kids locked into an electric powered school bus and nobody can get I, the door open. You know, <laughs> I'll say if I'm the bus driver to that bus, you might find me hanging, you know, yeah. in the, I, there may not even be enough room for me to hang by myself, but I would find a way because uh, oh. I don't know if I'd want to be locked in a school bus with 35 yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. look. Anything, anything, you, you think this is just a nightmare waiting to happen. Granted, 
being locked in your Tesla is pretty much of a nightmare, not being able to get out. But imagine having uh, your your mom uh, pretty much leave you alone with a dead man while she goes and has her little frolic. The, the, this, this is outrageous here. There's a 32-year-old Florida mother who has been arrested because she left her 11-year-old son in a room with a dead man for hours after a drug-fueled threesome in a hotel room had they took place, according to the police. Now, I just couldn't believe this. Her name is Amy <laughs> Kemper. She, yeah, Amy Kemper. She checked in with her son at this Hammock Beach Golf Resort and Spa in Palm Coast, Florida, where she then met up with two older men, according to the Flagler County Sheriff Rick Staley. Uh, Kemper then allegedly was doing drugs with the men, had sex with both of them, all while her son was also in the room. Ended up, one of them, I guess, died, and then she left the kid in there with the dead man. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's time that we revoke her parent license. I think maybe every parent should should actually have a license. You know what I'm saying? And that way, if they do something really stupid like this, the, the, the government can come in and say, okay, we're revoking your license. You no longer are a qualified parent anymore. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I, I think that, like, you're, you're – sub- supposed to like to assume that someone's got the license but i mean you could absolutely get it revoked i think i you know something that's, that's kind of funny my my neighbor uh right next door um in fact my office space like i'm looking at her house right now she she works for like a social services type thing with with kids and stuff and right. um, every once in a while when we're putting down our our three-year-old for bed or, or you know dinner time or something he's just like losing it because he doesn't want to eat dinner or whatever <laughs> reasons the toddlers throw fits sometimes it sounds like he's being murdered uh back there <laughs> and we're not even in the room we're not even like he's just losing it uh and every once in a while i kind of wonder i'm like hopefully my neighbor that works for social services does not like you know assume anything about us thankfully we know her and i, I think that you know she probably uh, trust our character enough. She, we get phone calls from her to let her dogs out often, I guess. Uh, she's one of those automatic locks on her door. So I think we're good. But every once in a while, that thought comes to my mind. Um, I, I, I don't know. I'd be a little worried, though, if you saw her peeking into the window of your son's bedroom. Oh, no, right? Uh, for maybe, uh, I, I, it depends on the reasons why, but there's a couple reasons I could think of that uh, would make me not happy for sure. Um, <laughs> Though, I mean, if she's there to, to do a wellness check, I would almost be relieved because what she'd see is a toddler just throwing himself all around, probably. Um, uh, but, yeah, we, I, look, I couldn't imagine leaving, uh, do, doing what this Florida mom did. Um, I feel like only a Florida mom could really do this. Um, maybe Mrs. Poncho, you know, gives, uh, you know, she must be the outlier when it comes to Florida moms, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, yeah, we we did have a like a, a blowout today at least, um, you know, with, with our with our uh, our infant son three three weeks old tomorrow. If uh, oh. I blowout, I mean like I mean you know we get home from Costco and visiting uh, in laws and and my wife looks and she sees oh no, there's some of those yellow milk poops all down and we think oh it's all in the car seat it's everywhere. Uh. Uh, you know, I um, well, it, it, what, what coupled, uh, you know, made this worse was that I, I we got home and I, I kind of cracked open a bag of chips, like tortilla chips, yeah, and uh, was eating some some salsa I got from Trader Joe's because it's almost fall, two yeah. days away. I guess this release is on the first day of fall, so happy fall, everybody! 
It is our favorite <laughs> time of the year. I've got I've got some like autumnal harvest salsa. You know, yeah. it, 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 that happens to look almost exactly like these yellowish milk poops. <laughs> and so I'm already immediately like starting to lose my appetite. I just wanted to I just wanted to burn the whole thing. Like burn, just torch the whole car seat, get a new one or something. Um, oh man, maybe it was yeah. just great poupon. <laughs> I, I mean, I um, it wasn't great, thankfully, but uh, uh, something was pooped on. Uh, I can only imagine this is probably maybe something similar that happened for this Florida man who, who torched a car belonging to his cousin. Um, now, the big kicker, his cousin is also his girlfriend. Uh, 37-year-old Florida man, he was arrested for arson after he allegedly torched a car belonging to his girlfriend and cousin who are one and the same. Uh, this is kind of what you have grown to expect from a Florida story. <laughs> Mel- <laughs> Melvin Allen Centron was caught on camera lighting his cousin and lover's Jaguar XE sedan on fire in front of a North Miami home. This is according to an arrest report obtained by Local 10. Now, investigators determined that the sedan belonged to Centron's girlfriend, the station reported, she initially said her car caught fire as she drove home because she was afraid of what Centron would do if she told the cops the truth. <sighs> Whenever, I know, right? Like, man, my cousin boyfriend is going to kill me. <laughs> um, this is in my mind what it probably sounds like, but it may not. I, I don't know. Um, so anyways, uh, <clears throat> yeah, she speaks to the investigators about what happened to her car, and her boyfriend made it, uh, her put the phone on speaker. So, you know, you also kind of get the, uh, the picture of him trying to fra- phrase this uh, the, the way he wants. When she was finally able to speak freely, she told officers she fears Centron because he carries a fully automatic gun with a double drum high capacity magazine on him. Wow. Regular, and even has a nickname for its drums. Um, <laughs> yeah, Centron. One, one is probably like, you know, one of the drums is probably a cousin, the other one's girlfriend or something. Um <laughs> Uh, well, St. John reportedly calls the two drums on the sides of the magazine the gun's titties. Uh, so, uh, uh, and he likes some big titties. Um, high, high capacity. So the uh, the reports, this is what the report states. Um, so like, you got a gun with two giant, I guess, titties hanging from it. Uh, the unnamed woman also told police that her alleged power maniac boyfriend stole her purse and left her without a way home from a Miami shopping center. Wow. Centron reportedly got jealous when he thought a bartender was flirting with his cousin. Hey, hey, that's my cousin. You know, like, I can't imagine how the thing goes. Oh, God. She got in an argument before he snatched her bag, which contained uh, $1,200 in cash, police said. Police obtained obtained an arrest warrant for uh, Centron of Hollywood, Florida, and arrested him at gunpoint. I don't know if the titties were involved with this or not, um, <laughs> but uh, he, he's been charged with second-degree arson and third-degree grand theft and is being held in the Turner-Guilford Knight Correctional Center on a $12,500 bond. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, it's about as Florida as it gets, I think, with a Florida story. Um, yeah. Titties got me, I, I will say. <laughs> when an arson story starts with he allegedly torched a car belonging to his girlfriend and cousin, I think that's that's the next level Florida-ing. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, my mom always told me that if 
if, if that woman loves playing with fire, eventually you're going to get flames. Yeah, uh, that's right. I'm thinking of another uh, very familiar saying, too. You can pick your friends, or in this case, your boyfriends, but you're stuck with your relatives. I know, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that's why she felt stuck with her boyfriend. You can't mix the two. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not sure if that was more Florida than it was West Virginia. You know, I, I, you know, that is true. I mean, that could be Arkansas too. Um, it could be, it could be. Yeah. That's right. And in some cases it could be some, some certain counties in Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay. I, was gonna, I was just going to say, I think Pennsylvania still is, is trying to compete with the Florida story. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, the, the Jaguar letting a Jaguar on fire is, is terrible. Mainly because you know the owner lit all of her money on fire to purchase it, and uh, yes, yes, that's right. Um, but uh, you know, I think you know, I think never light cars on fire. Please save that kind of activity for the Kia Rio or the Nissan Versa. Oh, you're right. Maybe even a Toyota um, a Yaris, like I have. You can oh, do the yeah, same the thing. Would do. Uh, yeah. The Cube, I think the Cube would be an okay one to light on. <laughs> that's fire. right. <laughs> That's Mostly right. It's ugly. I mean, that thing is not. Oh, not good oh man. Well, we have we have a guy from not from Florida or from Pennsylvania who likes to light cars on fire. Except he is from Chicago. Okay, um, and the prosecutors there in Waukesha County said this guy is a 35 year old. His name is uh, James Searing. He's in Chicago. And recently, he moved in with his mom and dad at their Meadowlark Court home. Well, they got they charged him after he was seen outside um, igniting his car, uh, and he was also naked. Okay, so maybe this could have happened in Florida. I don't know. But we, according we, to... We've got a car theme going on today, especially yeah. with, like, lighting cars on fire. <laughs> that, absolutely. But in, in any case, though, uh, this... I don't know what I would think if I saw this, but according to the criminal complaint, a neighbor calls 911 because he sees steering out in his driveway igniting his own car on fire and there's burn marks still that can be seen on the driveway pavement. So prosecutors said that the Waukesha Sheriff's deputies tracks searing across a large meadow through a wooded area to a marsh on the edge of Waukesha Lake where they found him nude covered in yellow liquid soap. Okay. According to the complaint, he says he was there. We're sure it's not urine, right? <laughs> we think. <laughs> But according to the complaint, he says he was there for a bath. Uh, and he's also, quote, a licensed psychotherapist and was pretty much an expert in magic. And he goes on to say, <laughs> yeah, he goes on to say he was trying to summon a phoenix. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the deputy says he's asking Searing if he ingested any illicit drugs. Well, the guy says, oh, nothing that should be illegal. <laughs> so steering's parents told the deputies he recently moved back home and had started a psychedelic therapy counseling service online well there's a real winner right there it's like getting pulled over for a dui after having like five bud light limes or something <laughs> and being like Sir, have you been drinking tonight? And the alcohol, and he's like, nothing that should be considered a beer or should be considered alcohol. Right. Well, yeah. based on this guy's behavior, the detective searches his room, 
And what they found was they thought, well, it's believed to be uh, psilocybin mushroom farm that he had going there in glass mason jars and vacuum sealed plastic bags in a dark closet. Hmm, looks a little suspicious. Uh, these are commonly called magic mushrooms, in case you don't know, and they're illegal to use or even possess in the state of Wisconsin. So now, Does Siri, really think that magic mushrooms actually give you magical powers when you're on them? Apparently so. I don't know. But now he's charged with lewd and lascivious behavior, attempted manufacture, delivery of psilocybin, attempting to maintain a drug trafficking place and possession of drug paraphernalia. So I guess maybe in this idiot's defense, one traditionally does need a destructive fire from which a phoenix can rise out of the ashes. <laughs> you know, I tell you, shrooms are so much fun, though, until that moment that a Seminole Indian warrior on horseback in full war paint and armed to the teeth comes chasing you away from the fire pit, causing you to run for your life and to avoid getting a tomahawk to the back. Uh, or so I hear. Anyway, so. It sounds like you know from experience on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, my gosh. That's great. He's looking for a phoenix to rise from the ashes of his car. Be, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I mean, it sounds like a dumpster fire to me, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. What do you mean? The you car know, or, you, you mean the car or him? Well, I'm talking about him. Uh, <laughs> you know, but like, I mean, again, the, the car, it depends on the kind of car, I guess, that we was burning. We've already talked about this. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, like you've got dumpster fires to huge dumps and bathtubs. Um, and you, you teased this last week. Uh, I, I had to show um, my wife a, a picture of Andre the Giant. She she kind of remembered him mostly yeah. because he's you know we watched the Princess Bride before and and he's oh, yeah. one of the guys one of the main guys in that movie. Um, but right. like, if you've ever seen like a picture of Andre the, Andre the Giant, look up a picture of him holding a can of beer. It basically looks like like um, I mean like it, it, his hand like the, the can is dwarfed. In it. Like it almost looks like you're holding a child's toy, or like a, maybe maybe like one of those little small cans of V8 juice. It'd be like a small can of V8 juice if your hands were double or triple the size that they are right now. Imagine yeah. that. That's and that's like a regular size. The guy's huge, right? Um, well, this is of course wrestling legend Andre the Giant. He's so enormous. This is uh, this is something I just learned uh, from you. Uh, and I kind of wish I didn't learn it, but <laughs> here we are. Um, he, he was often found, like, he often found a toilet too small to do his business. Uh, and, you know, and I will say, like, I think back in the day, they did make toilets probably a little smaller than they do now. Um, yeah. But uh, the seven foot four man, uh, he, like, he, he's a mountain. Basically. He was first, uh, the, the first person inducted into the uh, WWF Hall of Fame. Weight weighed over 520 pounds, but the French-born grappler's toilet habits were also memorably large scale. Hmm. The former wrestler Ken Patera, once dubbed the world's strongest man, recalled that because certain bathrooms were so small, Andre would just sit on the ledge or the edge of the bathtub and basically crap in the tub. He said that his friend Andre had a crude and extremely scatological sense of humor. If he were in some like little motel in Japan and he couldn't even uh, like get into the bathroom, he'd just crap on some newspaper or on the coffee table. Uh, Ken, this, is, this is what Ken told the Hannibal TV podcast. 
I mean, when a, a big guy has to take a dump, he takes an effing dump, is what he says. <laughs> um, but he, even in the U.S., Andre's bathroom habits were legendary. We were in, in Boston, and we were always in the same locker room as the Boston Celtics, he recalled. Uh, Andre needs to take a crap. So uh, in the size of the stall where the toilet was, was, re- was real tall because those basketball players are like seven feet tall. So Andre <laughs> would go in there. And take a dump, of course, plugging the effing toilet up. Uh, <laughs> one time he was in there flushing that, that effing toilet. I bet 30 times. I asked him, did that turd ever go down? And he said, no, boss. <laughs> anyway, the bathroom was right between the two locker rooms. And there were no doors or nothing. And it was just wide open. Wow. Oh, he stunk that place up so bad. Oh, and uh, before he took a dump, he farted. That effing fart had to be 40, maybe 50 seconds long. Wow. It just rumbled up out of his uh, butt like uh, an outdoor motor or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, I guess like you got to rev things up to be able to get that much, you know, activity going back there, I guess. Yeah, I don't uh, know. yeah. Uh, no, it's not the first time late, the late wrestler's toilet habits have hit headlines. He, he was uh, once said to have taken the world's biggest poo in a plane toilet that left the entire cabin puking oh gosh wow things that you find out about your your wrestling heroes i know yeah um you know (laughs) i i I can say i envy being uh seven feet you know seven foot four five hundred twenty pounds wow man oh man yeah i would say that maybe it's not necessarily your brute strength that will um, keep people away from you. It's uh, probably other things too. A 40 to 50 second farts, man, I, that's, that's, that's impressive. That really is. You know, he, that's almost like self propulsion, you know, <laughs> yes, you right. know, you know, but, but that, it'd be like a jacuzzi or something. Oh man, you got that right. You know, but, but I, 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 maybe he is a fart influencer at this point, you know? So, but, uh, there is an actual fart influencer. You might say he's, uh, he's having a gas at this. There, there's a doctor, um, on TikTok that goes by Dr. Suge and, uh, well, he's got some viral, uh, videos, uh, where he is sharing, just how much people actually fart. And he would probably be a good one to study the farts of Andre the Giant, come to think of it. And, and he's also, you know, studying why do some people's farts, you know, stink more than others and why some pass gas more than others. He's a 31-year-old from Heffershire, England. He says the average person basically floats an air biscuit five to 15 times a day. And in one of his viral videos, uh, which has already racked up over or close to 600,000 views, Dr. Suge explains that certain health conditions can lead to increased flatulence. Now, the average person, he says, farts between 5 and 15 times a day. But more than that, it can be normal for some people, he says. Uh, However, it can also be an indicator of certain conditions. Maybe like Andre the Giant may have had some, but people that have got lactose intolerance or celiac disease. They tend to be more flatulent than others. He goes on to say that maybe in addition to allergies to dairy or gluten, constipation and various dietary choices uh, can also lead to increased farting. He says it can be a sign of things like constipation, eating things that are difficult to digest, irritable bowel syndrome. Commenters were, well, they kind of cleared the air by openly sharing their own gas habits. Some said that they, they farted 
way above the average amount. So now we're having a lovely discussion now on passing gas. Amaz is one of the commenters. He says, well, I farted 20 times in the morning. Uh, Another one named Paul says, I farted about 50 times before 10 a.m. My question is, who's counting? (laughs) You know, another one says they they fart over 100 times a day. Now, others thought it might be kind of fun to kind of give a detailed description of their uh, gassy habits. Uh, My what? Uh, one, uh, Alicia, and it's always funnier, but, you know, for some reason when women float an air biscuit for some reason, but Alicia says, my farts are loud and smelly, and that's not right for a woman like me. Now, Ollie comes back and says, better out than I say, better out than in than I say. Uh, and another one uh, named Nin says, proven fact that pretty girls let off the most frequent and worst farts. I don't make the rules. Okay. You know, I've had people say, well, either endure the pain or bear the shame, I guess, you know, if you have to do something like that. But some fart aficionados claim it's best not to hold things in, okay? There's a story of a married woman who recently went viral for her story because she revealed that her husband called her flatulence absolutely revolting after only farting once in front of him during their nine-year relationship. The anonymous wife confided in KidSpot readers that she was aware of his distaste for inappropriate public displays of bodily functions like burping and passing wind. Now, she recalls that one of her friends let out a belch and he spent the entire trip home rehashing how gross that it was. So after hearing his very strong thoughts about the topic, she says, I made a mental note to ensure that my own expelling of gas was done in a very private manner (laughs) or private matter and contained within the bathroom or toilet until he was not around to hear it. She writes, she says that is until one night her guard was down and the post pizza gases came back to (laughs) haunt her. (laughs) She says lying in bed next to her husband, she accidentally let one rip and was met with a disgusting look. Okay, farting is the most unladylike thing a woman can do, especially in front of her husband. He tells her all the time. He says it's revolting, but holding in your your toots can also cause a stink, and it could put you in the hospital. There's a story of a 19-year-old who held in her gas for two years around her boyfriend. It's a wonder she didn't float away. It earned her a trip. It pops out somewhere. It's all, all <laughs> I mean, accumulated fart gas or something. I, I, I'm thinking he's going to put a string on her and, and walk her around like a helium balloon or something, you know? But she ended up going to the emergency room because of the pain. Uh, clinicians discovered her appendix had burst, and that led the poor girl to believe that it was due to her holding in her farts. Now, another fearful woman had uh, dangerous gas buildup because she couldn't let it rip. She claimed that, um, well, she wasn't on farting terms with her significant other. You know, to me, I think that it's a sign of endearment if you can pass gas in front of your spouse, frankly, you know? I, I mean, I just think, like, it's relatively speaking kind of like a, a thing that you can't fully control, right? Yeah. Like, there are times where you might be better at hiding it or not, but, like, for nine years of marriage, eventually you're going you're gonna to hear and see some stuff. I mean, um, <laughs> This is going to be like, of course, it's maybe not ladylike, but also, yeah. guess what? Everybody farts, so yeah. you're going to hear something. Well, you know person, what? This guy seems like a little bit of a pansy to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what the funniest ones is whenever grandma bends over to pick up her purse and lets one rip accidentally. I, what, what I'd like is like, in my mind, I like to think that this this researcher who's studying farts is just like very serious 
about the whole thing. Like very, very matter of fact and serious. Like he doesn't yeah. understand the humor in it. You know, yeah. The average person farts between five and 15 times a day. <laughs> Yeah, that's the voice in my mind. So, so in other words, you're you're saying that this doctor kind of sounds like Ben Stein. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this is about just <laughs> deadpanning the whole the whole. Uh, like, I, I feel like, is, this a, is this a joke? I can't tell, but I love the dry humor behind it. It's so I, I'm still not convinced. It's not just like you know one researcher's uh, attempt at dry humor uh, yeah. and committing to the bit, and I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I still remember the story. My dad used to love to sit on a Sunday afternoon and watch TV and get raw peanuts, put them in the oven, and basically parch them till they're nice and hot. The whole house smelled like roasted peanuts. You know, it was so wonderful. And he would go into the, you know, he'd go into the oven. He'd get a handful of freshly parched peanuts, crack them open, and would just eat them. He was eating peanuts all afternoon long. And I remember I was sitting in the living room. And and was and was watching him come into the kitchen, get a handful of peanuts. This is after about fifteen trips to the peanuts. Okay, so he's he's full of peanuts. So as he's munching his peanuts, walking back into the other room to watch TV, he lets one rip as he walks out of the kitchen. Okay, and without missing a beat, my mom comes in from the other door into the kitchen and kind of crosses the trail that he left behind. <laughs> and it was so fun to watch her wave her arms frantically trying to clear the air while she's trying to get through the kitchen. <laughs> well, I, I guess you've got one wife who accidentally um, bathed her husband in hot gas, and we've got an Oregon HR manager who's in hot water for uh, doing this stunt. Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, and the best part about this whole thing is just keep in mind this is an HR manager. Uh, you know, this is who you go to when you've got a problem in the office. Um, right. So there's there's an Oregon uh, property maintenance company that's being accused of harassment by a former employee who says the HR manager sent him a penis-shaped cake and told him to eat a dick. Uh, oh, this, is, this is what the lawsuit says. It's a new lawsuit uh, that made by Stephen Urinda, who was the janitorial operations manager at Dasher Lights LLC and Aspen Ridge Property Services. And he's seeking over $500,000 in damages after he was forced to resign over the incre increasingly hostile work environment, according to the lawsuit filed in the uh, Multoma County Court. You know, Urenda said that uh, in the suit, he said that the trouble began when he received a pink box containing a large black chocolate penis and scrotum. Along with bold letters stating Ida, and then they, they at least, uh, you know, the D dash dash K. So, yeah, um, you know, I guess, you know, maybe that's the HR person. Maybe if it was non-HR, they would have spelt the whole thing. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure that they're like, Ida, uh, um, that doesn't say Ida Dick. No, HR, no, that clearly says Ida, I'm trying to think of something else that fits in there. Like, dork? Uh, Ida dork? Ida dork. <laughs> You know, eat a dark chocolate, I guess. Um, well, anyway, the, the uncouth delivery was uh, allegedly sent by the human resources employee, Jessica Carlin, whose name and information were accidentally left on the offensive package. So, um, yeah, right off the bat, you realize, like, oh, you've, uh, you know, maybe made a mistake. The suit claims Carlin had recently admitted to calling him a huge dick. And uh, which I mean, I look, I think I'd rather be called a huge dick than a small dick, I guess. That's true. Um, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, 
He had apparently made uh, other similar derogatory statements uh, to management in the weeks before. Um, well, uh, she had made those. I'm sorry. Uh, in the weeks before the delivery, Greta crashed with Carlin's clashed with Carlin's uh, husband, Patrick Carlin, who worked as his subordinate. Less than 10 days before the package showed up at his door, Urenda reprimanded Patrick Carlin for complaining about cleaning up garbage at one of the company's uh, customer sites, the complaint stated. Just a few days after that, Carlin reportedly pulled Urenda into her office and started uh, bizarre, like bizarrely apologizing for calling him a huge dick and other remarks he had not uh, been aware of. Ah. At the end of the month, however, Urenda received the package that made him feel like the resident piece of crap. Now, uh, at the company, the complaint added, Carlin fessed up to sending the package, telling Yurinder that, uh, you know, she, she ordered it for him because she was very sensitive when it came to her husband. Yurinder <clears throat> said that he confronted um, Dasher uh, owner Matthew uh, McCaslin about how the package made him feel, but he uh, said that he got the impression from him that he wanted to end the conversation and sweep the issue under the rug as soon as possible. Hmm. So, you know, I, I guess no, um, you know, no repercussions for that for the HR manager. Um, yes. Right. You, you know, you talk about like who watches the Watchmen. Who yes. HR is the HR manager? Like that's um, yeah, yeah. Well, despite her reported confession, Carlin was allowed to remain working at Dasher. The suit stated, while Urendra eventually received an apology note from the owners with a fifty-dollar gift card. Urendra believes that Dasher's supposed investigation of Carlin's blatantly offensive conduct was conducted by McCaslin and or Paxman rather than a trained human resources professional, the complaint said. Urendra was left feeling degraded and humiliated by the process, which <laughs> alleged uh, he alleged that uh, resulted in bullying when garbage he collected in the company trailer would be dumped back out by the following day. Hmm. Urendra ultimately resigned in July, less than two months after Carlin allegedly sent him the offensive cake. Dasher Lights uh, did not immediately return a request for a comment on the allegations. Mm, yes, yeah, sounds very suspicious to me. I like the fact they like to sweep that under the rug, although it's a little hard to kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to hide a big dick, you know? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, you need some <laughs> loose pants, maybe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe a nice belt to tuck things behind or something. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I it, this reminds me of of all of the management courses I took in college. You know, all the case studies that you're studying about some people and how do you uh, come in and manage something like this? You know, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, no one's no one's ever taught me what you're supposed to do when your HR manager, you know, tells you to suck rocks or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you, or you get like a, a nice delightful chocolate cake in the wrong shape. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, you know, you're like, I'm sure the HR is probably like, in my defense, I thought you were gay uh, or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, we should only lend you more hot water if you said that as well. But, um, you know, yeah. but like, I just imagine like trying to like make amends for it. They just continue digging their grave deeper every time. Oh, um, yes, absolutely. Well, we got some folks here uh, digging for some advice. They they want to ask Pancho for some, some uh, you know, a little bit of uh, information. And uh, th this is kind of, I mean, I kind of know how I would respond to this, but we have Johan is wanting to ask uh, Pancho a question about a uh, an urge to, uh, 
stop texting his crush. Uh, apparently, he says, I have a huge crush on this girl that I've started seeing. Actually, we met a few years ago through mutual friends, but we just never much crossed paths after that. But now we're both single and we're in our early and very fun stages of dating. We text every day. Not not to excess. I mean, it's healthy and not weird or annoying, but I'm, I'm just tempted to text her more. I'm never sure how to read someone or their texting etiquette, but I don't want to come off as clingy asking her if it's okay if I text her more. I just like to talk to her. So he can't resist texting his crush. So what do you do? Oh, man, just don't blow it. I mean, that's basically it. Um, I mean, look, you've already, like, you've already hit the home run. Like, you, you, the girl you've been into, you're, you're finally dating. She's interested in you. Just keep it normal. Don't overthink it. Um, I, I will say I, I get the um, I get the thoughts. So I, I had a similar kind of feeling when I started dating Mrs. Poncho. And, um, and I kind of learned from, like, prior relationships that, that uh, maybe, like, mistakes and, and failures of judgment – I kind of learned, you know what, um, as hard as it can be to just not immediately respond back with something, it's okay to let something sit for a while or to ah. time to text back and not be wondering or worrying what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, right. They, they've got their own separate lives as well. Let them do their thing. If they're into you, then that's great. They're going to text you back. It'll all be fine. Um, I kind of like work at the pace that you see from the other. And if you're busy, don't be living on your phone. You know, if you're out with some buddies, uh, put the phone away for an hour or two. You know, hmm. maybe check it like once or twice. Like, oh, okay, maybe you'll send something back there. But uh, but you don't need to be you don't need to be the guy that like becomes an island and he's on his phone the whole time when he's out <laughs> with, with yeah. his friends or something. You know, um, because it's not it's not good. It's not healthy. Even if it's just for you know in yourself that that, that it's not healthy for you. Um, so yeah, like resist the temptation, just be normal with it. There were times where Mrs. Poncho and I would text back and forth a little more frequently. Um, you know, like if we, neither of us had anything going on and, you know, it's the end of the day and, and we're just kind of winding down. Oh, okay. We have a conversation back and forth, but it doesn't mean that every moment of the day you're going to have the time to do that. And, and, um, and, I mean, it sounds like you're doing good though. Uh, yeah. I, in my opinion, I, I think, I think you're, you've got a handle on it. Everyone's you know, got I, that, that, that feeling when you got those butterflies going on in the early stages. Yeah, yeah. And there's a saying that says, absence makes the heart grow fonder, you know? It does, yeah. Um, <laughs> it really does. Uh, I've got one here from Taylor. It says, help. My daughter thinks the word damn means pretty. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's great. So my daughter is five and a half. Oh, my gosh. She's even better. Um, I was listening to her play with her Barbies. And she was dressing them up and, and her dialogue from one Barbie to the other. She says, you look damn. Uh, so I politely asked her why she said that. And she said, because damn means really pretty. I wasn't mad. It was funny. But it was hard to explain to her that it's not a proper word to say. She is confused. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, I just wait until she finds out what uh, what bitch and uh, f. You know, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you know, when I was a kid one time, uh, I, I was uh, and like it's funny. I never, I never swore as a kid or anything. Um, but like, there was one time where I was with a group of friends, and you know, you like I was probably like six or something. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you, you do this like rhyming thing or something where you like you hear someone's name, right? And you start trying to rhyme it. 
right. um, you know, like, uh, it doesn't even make sense. Some of the rhymes like Steven, um, Steven, you know, you're like, <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, you know, whatever you are. And, and uh, our friend, our friend's name was, was Mitch. Right. Um, so I'm like, Oh yeah, Mitch, uh, bitch. And, and, um, uh, he uh, he knew what it meant. I know this when I look back now because he was not happy when he said this. Oh my gosh! Um, and I come home. I'm like, is this a bad word? Like, why is I, I'm I'm confused. I thought I made this word up. Like, this is clearly a word that I've made up. I've never heard this before uh, at that age. Um, and, uh, <laughs> so like, like kids learn that one way or another. Uh, just let them know, hey, that's not a good word. It's not appropriate. It does not mean pretty. It's a bad word. Oh um, my gosh! And I'm learning with my son here. He understands. Uh, I gotta be a little bit more simple with him sometimes. Uh, yeah. He understands good guys and bad guys. Uh-huh. And and so I might say like, you know, this is a word that bad guys would say, and we're, we don't want to be like the bad guys. Yeah. Uh, and that would be that would be enough for him to understand basically, like in the context that he needs, it would make it not confusing. Um, now, you know, where she's getting that from and why it means pretty is another question. I don't know. You, uh, you know, you, you do you does your husband or whatever you know. Damn girl, or something, or what kind of music or shows are you watching? I don't know. Um, that's funny though. That's pretty funny. Oh, that kind of reminds me. This is a true story. When our our oldest son, whenever he was probably maybe two, you know, not quite, not not quite as old as little Pancho, but um, yeah. we, you know, we're getting ready to get in for a bath, right? So he's got those uh, those those uh, I guess the pull ups or whatever, you know that. But they have that Velcro that it that's like adheres itself to the diaper, and you'd have to be like Andre the Giant to be able to pull the thing loose. You know, they they're on there tight. So he probably just blasted open by taking a poop. Uh, well, yeah, right. Well, anyway, so he's trying to get his diaper off to get in the bathtub, and he's struggling to to get this Velcro off. And I'm running the bathwater, and he can't do it, and he lets out in a loud voice, "Damn it!" And I'm, what did he just say? And I could not wait to tell my wife about it. As soon as she got home that night, I said, guess what your son did as he's getting into the bathroom. And when I tell her, tell her, 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 her it's your son. Not yeah, but that, that, son. That, that's right. So, well, the thing is, she looks at me, her eyes gets big, her mouth drops. She puts her hand over her mouth. She says, he learned that from me, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he didn't learn it from me because I didn't say it. <laughs> so, I mean, being from New Jersey, I guess I that's kind of... I was going to say, I think ultimately your son learned it from New Jersey. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a swear word in New Jersey. Of course not. That's a greeting. That's <laughs> <laughs> an everything. Actually, I think in like place like New Jersey and like New York, the F word is the everything word. That's it's right. It's a greeting. It's an insult. It's a... It means everything and anything you want it to mean. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Well, we've got some insane games, and I'm not sure what they mean, but are you prepared to take your stab at them? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Well, uh, let, uh, let's just say they're, they're, they're really damn. <laughs> <laughs>
You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real-time updates and a little of the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You are able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about, and even share some of your own stupid stories with um, everybody in the community. Visit t.me slash insane Eric Lane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. You get a preview of the channel, and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram Messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device, desktop or mobile, for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at insaneericlane.com. So, well, uh, what do you feel like taking a stab at first thing out of the out of the gate here? Um, all right, let's go ahead with golf course or rehab. We'll start off with golf course or rehab. All right. Well, we've got four or five five businesses here that uh, I'll give you, and uh, based upon their name and where they are located, you see if you can determine if they are a golf course or a rehab. And our first business is Royal Pines in Hayden, Alabama. Oh, it's a golf course. Uh, that's kind of, that's exactly what I thought, and both of us are wrong on that one. It's actually a rehab. Oh yeah, it's a it's like a facade, then like a trick. Yeah, it's like a bear trap for for uh, alcoholics. It's something. Maybe that's how you make them think they're going into a golf course. That's how you get them in there. Okay, well, here's one in Norwalk, Ohio, called Eagle Creek. Eagle Creek. Um, yeah, we're, we're gonna go golf course. Golf course, it is. That's right. I kind of that, that. I would expect. I could see like an eagle on a stone as you're turning into the driveway, something like that. You know. So, yeah, all right. Well, yeah. well, here's one in. Uh, it's. I, I guess you pronounce the city uh, Saucier, Mississippi. Uh, this business is called Fallen Oak. Fallen Oak. Uh, I mean, we think. Oh, how how the mighty have fallen. Yeah, I think about a rehab center. You know? <laughs> yes, they will. Or you just didn't do well playing golf. Maybe you could be a fallen oak. Maybe it's such a hard golf course that you are a fallen oak because you can never actually make a good hole in one. I don't know. So, but yeah, that was a golf course, believe it or not. Well, how about this one? This one is called Montcalm in Enfield, New Hampshire. Montcalm. I, I think Calm would be a good place for a rehab. That's what I would have thought, too. But it's a golf course. <laughs> oh, this is no good today. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's try one more. This is in North Kingston, Rhode Island. It's called Meadows Edge. Meadows Edge. Uh, I'm going to say golf course. I was hoping you would say actually rehab because it's actually a rehab. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, you know, Meadows Edge. It's kind of peaceful, you know, and singing. And so, well, all right. I you pretty much, pretty much shot that one right to the moon. What do you feel like? What do you want? What do you want to do to rise like a phoenix for your next one? <laughs> rise like a phoenix. Um, yeah, man. Oh gosh. 
just don't set any cars on fire naked. I was going to say, I, I feel like I'm trapped in a Tesla already. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go with, um, with, with a steakhouse or gay bar. All right, we'll go with a steakhouse or a gay bar, and I'll give you some businesses. You tell me if they are a steakhouse or a gay bar based on their name. Your first business comes to us from Queens, New York. It's called Albatross. Albatross. I'm going to say this is a, a gay bar. If you, if you went there, you might be in an albatross. It is a gay bar. Exactly. All right. How about this one? Uh, this is in Des Moines, Iowa, by the way. It's called Iowa Cattlemen's Beef Quarters. Um, yeah, Beef Quarters, I'm going to say, is a steakhouse. Of course, if it was a gay bar, that would be the best-sounding gay bar in all of Iowa. But it is indeed. It's a steakhouse. Would have been the, the, the gay bar. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Here's a, a business called Hunt Club in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Hunt Club. Uh, it depends on what you're hunting for. Yeah. But I'm going to say um, I'm going to say gay bar. Yeah, well, if you're hunting for if you're hunting for a T-bone, uh, that's where you'll find it. It's a steakhouse, actually. So, <laughs> Uh, how about this one? It's an interesting uh, name. It's called uh, Harry and Izzy's in Indianapolis, Indiana. Harry and Izzy's. This is a weird one. I'm going to throw it out there as a gay bar. Ah, well, Harry and Izzy, actually, they run a steakhouse, actually. <laughs> so, uh, but I've never seen if it might have been a gay steakhouse. You know, we never thought about that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, one of these things yeah. is going to be one that's both. And yeah, it's going to be, yeah. 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 All right, well, here's one in Chicago, Illinois, called Lucky Horseshoe. Lucky Horseshoe? Oh, this is going to be a gay bar. <laughs> open it. Might as well call it Get Lucky Horseshoe. Ah, yes. It is indeed a gay bar. <laughs> and these are some pretty challenging ones this week. Holy cow. All right. What do you have? What do you feel up to next? Um, let's go with Porn Star Weatherman. All right, maybe this will uh, give you a five uh, a five perfect score here. I got some entertainers, and I'll give you their names. You tell me if you think that person is a porn star or a weatherman. Your first entertainer, Royal Norman. Um, Norman, I, I think this is going to be a weatherman. Royal Norman with the weather. Yes, yes, he is. He is a weatherman in Phoenix, Arizona. All right, uh, here's an entertainer whose name is uh, Evan Seinfeld. Evan Seinfeld. Um, I, can you really, I don't know if anyone's going to be able to turn a lady on when your last name is Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> you know, like, that's like your stage name like that. I think this is going to be, uh, gosh, I might be wrong on this, but I'm, I'm going to say it's, it's a weatherman. Well, maybe if your name was Evan, you might turn a lady on, you know, <laughs> but he's a porn star actually turns out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I I mean I would imagine that there's going to be his version of like yeah. Kramer that shows up. Oh in all yeah, movies, that's all true. Movies. He that's like just in there basically. Um, yeah, you know, but instead of Kramer, they'll call him like Kramer. Like this oh. is going to something. Oh. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's great. Well, I guess I, I should have known with the, the the whole like bass transitions that you get going on with. Uh, well, with that's true. That's true. Well, how about this name? This entertainer is uh, known as James Spann. James Spann. I, I think this is going to be a, a weatherman. Yeah, James Spann is indeed a weatherman in Birmingham, Alabama. All right. Okay. So far, you're like kind of... Yeah, right, right, right. Well, so far, you're kind of like one for one on each one. So here's one. Uh, this one is uh, named 
Armand Rizzo. Armand Rizzo. Might as well call him Armand Jizzo. I think he's a porn star. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Definitely a porn star. That's good. I, I, Armand Jizzo, I kind of think that's very clever. It's, uh, all right. All right. How about this one? This one is uh, entertainer is named Ethan Bird. Ethan Bird. Um, I like this, but I think it's a porn star. Ah, Ethan Bird is a weatherman in Meridian, uh, Mississippi. Yes, that's a good name. That's that is good very, name. very good. All right, well, that leaves us with strip club or daycare. I've got uh, some businesses here. You tell me if you think this establishment is a strip club or a daycare. And our uh, first uh, business is Ace's Place in Springfield, Missouri. Ace's Place. Um, and this could be like a... Like a strip, strip club or daycare? It's obviously a strip club of the two of those. That's maybe an ace in the hole, I guess. It is a strip club, indeed. Ass, I think you mispronounced ass's place. Oh, uh, yes, this is true. All right. Well, this is a well, an interesting name for anything. This is located in Grisham, Oregon. It's called Snugglebug. Snugglebug. Uh, oh, man. Uh, this I think this is going to be a daycare. It's not a daycare I'd bring my kids to, but... Yeah, sure well, uh, yeah, well, if you lived in Grisham, Oregon, you would probably bring them to the Snugglebug Daycare. Okay. They, can can they, you imagine if, like, Snugglebug was actually just, like, the name of an STD? I like that. I got, I got, the, I got the, maybe it's that. You're speaking in code. That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I caught the Snugglebug. Uh, uh, like, that's hilarious. bird down there. That's hilarious. All right. Well, here's a business in Gilbert, Arizona called Shakey's. Shakey's. Um, or maybe yeah, you Shakey's. could call it, maybe you could call it Shakey's. It's S-H-A-K-I-E apostrophe oh, S. I think Shakey's is the appropriate one because that's what the ladies are doing here. I think it's a, a strip club. <laughs> actually, I don't something else there. It's actually a daycare. That's what's happening there in Gilbert, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not expecting that to be wrong. I will, I will uh, that's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. They're shaking it up at Shakey's tonight. All right. Here's one in Algonquin, Maine, called Main Street. Main Street. Um, I don't know anyone who brings their kids to Main Street, so I'm going to say this is a strip club. And, and by the way, it's spelled M-A-I-N-E, Main Street. So, you know, because it's in Algonquin, Maine, and it it is a strip club, indeed. Absolutely. All right. Good guess on that one. And finally, here's one in Fairfax, Virginia. It's called Wynwood. Wynwood. Um, you know, I'm going to say Wynwood. I'm going to say it's a daycare. I don't know why. Yeah, you, 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 won't, you won't be finding a lot of wood in Wynwood. It is a daycare. Exactly. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, kind of a mixed bag on it so far, but I'm sure you're going to nail our uh, fake news of Florida because um, you're, this is your, your expertise right here. I'll give you some headlines, and you determine whether or not these are actual headlines from Florida or that's fake news. Our first headline, a Pasco County burglar tells police his horse broke into a home, and he only went inside to get it out. Uh, yeah, it's Florida. <laughs> absolutely of course come on cop i just had to go in and get the horse and broke into the house come on you know and that's an everyday occurrence in florida all right here's one where a saint petersburg man was busted for dui on an overboard 
after he rode pantsless through a pedestrian mall. Man, there's a lot going on in that story. Um, busted for a DUI when he was driving what? An overboard. overboard? An, an overboard. An overboard, okay. Pantsless. I mean, I think that he would be busted for, like, I don't think he'd be busted for a DUI right there. I think that he's going to be busted for public nudity. I, I would say this is fake news. <laughs> You've really broke that apart very well. It is fake news. Absolutely. All right. Your next headline. A Pensacola doctor was arrested on indecency charges after cameras were discovered in the women's room at his office. Oh, that's just that's just gross. Um, oh, oh, gosh, man. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll say Florida on this one. That's That, that could happen really anywhere. It could happen anywhere, but it did not happen in Florida. That was fake news right there. So I'll, I'll give you a pass. Yeah, I'll give you a pass on that one. That was that was actually pretty, pretty uh, obscure. Well, here's one where an Okaloosa man told police he broke 20 car windshields because President Trump owes him one trillion dollars. I mean, I don't know where he gets that from and how breaking car windshields are going to get him there. But, um, yeah, we'll say Florida. <laughs> you don't need an, a logical explanation for some of these things, you know. It is a Florida story, absolutely. <laughs> that is the giveaway. When there's no logic to something, then uh, it's probably Florida. <laughs> uh, yes, and such as with this headline, a Port St. Lucie man was arrested for giving his girlfriend a, quote, violent wet willy. Uh, a vi- arrested for a violent wet willy? Um, yeah. I'm going to say Florida. You had to actually give that some serious consideration, but it's a true story. It actually happened. Oh, yes. <laughs> the things that people do anymore that calls themselves being abusive, you know? I know. Oh, right? my. I, for, in his defense, though, his uh, girlfriend was also his cousin, and so it was really just more. Oh, like, that's maybe, true. Maybe his sister, you know, that's know. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. You got to you gotta blend in that too. family. It's yeah, a family bl- thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, blend in the familial relationship to make it really good. I like that. So, All right. Well, hey, I think we made it through another week of stupidity, and uh, we got more where that came from. Trust me, I've been mining the Internet for more more stupidity for next week. Oh, man, there's a lot of it. I- I'm starting to see more stupidity uh, just on my own. Maybe it's the week off that it took. I don't know. But, yeah, no, there's a lot of stupidity uh, going oh, on. Oh, yeah. Ahead. Yep, and as soon as uh, you got two little ponchos running around, running from you, the stupidity in the poncho household is going to increase. I'm pretty sure. Oh, absolutely. And if you, I mean, if you haven't stumbled upon any stupidity uh, throughout your week, feel free to post it on the Telegram. You know, everybody has a little stupidity in their world, and frankly, I would like to hear about it, okay? If you've maybe got a great stupid story from your stupid world, maybe you just want to respond to one of mine. I'd like to hear about it. Let me hear from you. You can contact me easily just by email at shoutout at insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, or if you got a question or a comment about something that you've heard on the podcast or something that Pancho Guerro has said on the podcast, or maybe you just want to tell me of some firsthand experience of some stupidity you've encountered, 
well, let me know. I want to hear from you. I might uh, even use your comments on an upcoming episode. So record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. And uh, give me your feedback, okay? Um, And by the way, if you haven't done so already, and I just can't imagine why you haven't already, follow me on social media. You can look me up on Facebook or Twitter by searching out the handle Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with support from Mr. Laughs Comedy, Ad Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio United Stations Radio Network. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available wherever you download music. Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World is distributed by Spotify for podcasters. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone and have it distributed to all major podcast platforms. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips with Spotify for Podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store. <laughs> <laughs>